It's all set. The Pelicans are the ninth seed and hosting a play-in tournament game. How they feeling? Let's go get them in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday as I said, it's all set. Pelicans are the ninth seed in hosting a play-in tournament game Wednesday night. we got a lot to talk about this week. I'm excited. I hope you're excited, too. Great energy in the Smoothie King Center the past two home games. We'll talk about that a little bit. Talking about how this season is a success and why this team feels they are dangerous. Really dangerous. I've got the stats for you as well. And then a couple of unsung guys and Trey Murphy and Herb Jones in the third segment of today's show. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Monday through Friday, five days a week, no paywall, free Pelicans talk. It's going to be an exciting week with a playing tournament game on Wednesday and hopefully a little bit longer. And then the offseason with the Lakers pick in the top 10. Oh yeah, we're going to have a whole lot to talk about then too. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So as I said, unbelievable energy in the Smoothie King Center the past two games against the Portland Trailblazers and this one against the Golden State Warriors. The Pelicans literally had nothing to play for in this game. The seeding was already set. They were the night seed with that San Antonio loss Saturday night. They didn't play Brandon Ingram. You didn't see Valanciunas out there. No Herb Jones. A bunch of guys not playing for New Orleans. And the place was packed. The only seats that were like only sections that really had like big gaps were the upper bowl behind the baskets up in those almost like obstructed view seats at the very end. The sides of the upper bowl packed like 80% full. The lower bowl packed and the crowd was into it and credit the Pelicans on having a really good atmosphere these past two games it's been lacking it a little bit of times this season but they brought it the final two Manny Fresh juvenile halftime yeah you're gonna have some fun with that and people showed up seriously and I think that's big right we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow and Wednesday and really look at that matchup and really get you set for the pivotal play in tournament game, do or die situation, win or go home. But one of the things I've said on a lot of radio spots nationally, I've said it here on this show as well, right? The Spurs haven't seen this Pelicans team at full strength all season. They've never really seen them with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram out there. So they've never seen this Pelicans team at full strength, but that applies to the crowd too. And the crowd that's going to show up. They haven't been in the Smoothie King Center this season when it's going bonkers. And you know it's going to be absolutely lit. I promise you it will be on Wednesday. And there's still tickets available in both the lower bowl and the upper bowl. So while the Spurs team hasn't seen it, I promise you Greg Popovich is aware. If you go back to 2008, there's quotes from him in the big three, Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan, in 2008 saying how loud it was in New Orleans during those playoff games. 
different generation, different times, but that will definitely be the same. You know the Pelicans 12 are going to show up. It's going to be way more than 12 in this game on Wednesday, especially with that late tip allowing people to be there. I don't think this is going to be a late arriving crowd. I think it's going to be ready to go from the start, as it should be, right? The playing tournament might not seem like a big deal, but given the 1-12 in start, this season's already success. It'd be disappointing if they lost this game on Wednesday, certainly. But to claw back from that, to dig out of that hole, is absolutely a success. And this team is worthy of really cheering for. You heard Najee Marshall say it after this game. Good vibes. No negativity whatsoever. This is probably the easiest group to root for that they we've had since they've all worn Pelicans on the fronts of their chests, or the Pelicans have been the name of the team here in New Orleans. It's just, the vibes are excellent. The vibes are high. It's so much fun. You gotta love almost all of these guys, pretty much. So it's great. You want to see this, and it makes them easier to root for, and they're going to feed off the energy in the Smoothie King Center on Wednesday. I'm really, really looking forward to this. And you, I promise you, if you are in there, you're going to make, you're going to have an, I don't want to say you'll make a difference, but you're going to have an impact on this game. You will be felt. It's really all you can ask for as a fan. It's going to be a lot of fun yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited, if you can't tell. I'm really, 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 really looking forward to it. Great way to end the season that, again, is already a success. And look, this team feels, this team absolutely feels that they can get the eighth seed and get into the actual NBA playoffs. There's no chance at the seven. They can get into the eighth seed, though, they feel like. you got to win two games. You know, you've got you, it's Pelicans versus Spurs, and then the winner of that plays the loser of the Timberwolves and Clippers. And then the Pelicans will be on the road in that game. If they win, they're in the playoffs. That's how it works. you got to win these next two. One's going to be home. One would be away. But the Pelicans feel they're one of the best teams, not just in the play-in tournament, but remaining in the NBA, in all of the playoffs right now. Night seed, a little bit weird. Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of... Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, period. I eat one of these things every single day. Sometimes I have a second one. They're also my go-to whenever I'm having sugar cravings. Instead of going for thin mint cookies or something like that, I grab a Built Bar, part of a Built Bar, because the mint brownie flavor tastes exactly like thin mints. It tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream, except it's healthy for you. So when I have those cravings, Built Bar helps me with all of that. It's really great. They taste delicious. There's no reason to not grab them. They taste as good as a candy bar, if not better, to be honest. The flavors are absolutely delicious. The salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie. I have white chocolate, raspberry cheesecake. They are all delicious. They're all good for you. They also have the puff bars. And if you haven't tried these, you're missing out. First ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're light. It's not like anything you've ever tried. And again, they are healthy for you. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to other protein bars or other snacky things. It's going to win every time. They're going to taste better. If you eat a protein bar, you may as well eat the one that's delicious. And that's what Built Bar is. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. 
All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, free, available wherever you get your podcasts. You cannot get your context from just looking at the box score. And on there right now, we've got a special episode. I'm on there too. Talking about kind of best case scenarios, what these teams are going to look like in the playoffs. Every team, it's like a one-minute thing from every team. Go get everything you need to know about the NBA playoffs right now with the Locked On Now podcast. All right, the Pelicans, though, we want to go a little bit more in depth, right? Why is this team feel they're one of the best teams remaining, not just in the play-in tournament, but of all the teams in the NBA playoffs? They're feeling good. Despite the drubbing at Memphis, despite getting blown out at home by the Golden State Warriors, two games where the stakes weren't as much and they weren't fully healthy in either of those, so you don't want to read too much into those games. But look how they handle a team like Portland, right? At home, you had to win, you go out, and you absolutely crush them. This team feels very, very confident, particularly if they're healthy on Wednesday. Let's assume Brandon Ingram's back, Valanciunas is back, and all those guys they didn't play, Devontae Graham, were just being rested. They're feeling good, and this is without Zion Williamson, who hasn't played at all this year. Right now, since February, the Pelicans basically are the seventh best team in the league. They have the seventh best offense, the eighth best defense, and the seventh best net rating. So if you take their offensive rating, subtract the defensive rating from that, you get a net rating. Right now for the Pelicans, it's 5.2. That's tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are at six. The Miami Heat, the one seed in the Eastern Conference, 5.4, so they're 0.2 behind that. The Boston Celtics right now since February, who are 24-6, and 14.5 net rating. Memphis, 21-8, 8.9. The Pelicans since February 1 are 18-13. and Not too bad. They're feeling really good about where they are and how good this team is. They're a top five rebounding team. They're bottom 10 in terms of turnover percentage, so they're doing a really good job taking care of the ball. They feel confident that they can compete with anyone. And the San Antonio Spurs, as I said last segment, haven't seen this team at full strength. They have not seen a game with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum out there on the court. New Orleans is going to feel really good about beating this team. And then in the next game, they're going to be playing against the Timberwolves or the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers just handled them pretty hard. But that's a team they've had some success against this season. And if New Orleans can defend the three-point line well enough and get a couple of stops, I think they're going to feel really good if the game were to be close in the fourth quarter. Again, you don't get that net rating over however, uh, over 31 games and almost 1,500 minutes. You're past the small sample size stuff. They feel confident that they can go out and beat most teams. The Clippers, by comparison, where are they? Now, they didn't have Paul George for a lot of this. I don't even know where they are here on this one. i got to find it. Um, so they are a team that you know might not really show up in this one as much. The Timberwolves, though, are a good team, too. So you've got to be careful from some of that. But New Orleans is playing kind of at their level. And I think that's an important thing. The Clippers are 18th in terms of net rating, minus 0.6. So New Orleans feels pretty confident when you look at those numbers, when you see what they do well. Being a good rebounding team, though, you'd like them to be a little bit better on the defensive glass. That's an area that they're just about average in, 15th in the league. They're a top three, they're third, in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. All of these things are good. The only thing that has been holding them back is they're not an elite shooting team. 13th, basically, when it comes to shooting. And defensively, they struggle with the three-point line. They leave people open a little bit too much. We know this. 
this has been a problem. They also do have legitimately some bad shooting luck against them. And so if that evens out a little bit, though, again, they're leaving a lot of people open. So I don't necessarily know if it will they're going to feel pretty good about being able to advance. So this is a team that's not just happy to be here. This is a team that really feels that they can go kind of, not far, right? But can get out of the play-in tournament. They're 14th in terms of defending opponent three-point percentage during since February. So they're not bad at that. They're going to need it a little bit more so, I think. I think they had some luck in the month of March with that. But if you can defend the three-point line, this is a team that goes, oh, hey, we're actually dangerous. Brandon Ingram is a mid-range killer. CJ McCollum is a guy that can create his own instant offense, right? You need things like that. Those are dangerous things to have. You have a pest in Jose Alvarado and some guys that can really play well defensively in Herb Jones and... And Trey Murphy, who's been excellent the past couple of games. Let's talk about those two guys coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans because, yeah, they deserve a whole lot of love right now. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. So for find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. They have the Pels as minus 5.5 point favorites over the San Antonio Spurs. Again, Spurs haven't seen New Orleans healthy all season long. And the Spurs won the season series. And BetOnline.net still thinks the Pelicans are favored. Kind of tells you something, doesn't doesn't it? So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday, all in under 25 minutes. I like never go over that number. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. Thank you to everyone who's come and said hi to me whenever you see me out of the games this season. It's been a lot of fun, and we're not done just yet. And look, we're, I'm not going to get a break. You guys aren't going to give me a vacation, I don't think, because we're going to have so much to talk about when the season does end, whenever that is. That, Pels, uh, that Lakers pick, top 10, maybe in the top four. Pels pick, maybe in the top four. There's going to be a lot of offseason to talk. Are they going to draft someone? Are they going to trade it? Who might they be targeting? I go on and on and on. So we're going to have a lot of podcasts about that. So make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Locked on Pelicans. Make it your first listen every day. All right. Let's talk about some other guys that are going to step up. Look, we know Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum are there. That's who's going to carry you. You've got Valanciunas to kind of anchor it down low, be that really strong rebounder, pound teams inside when they try and key in on BI and CJ McCollum a little bit. And you've got some other guys that are really stepping forward. First and foremost is Herb Jones. We, we know what he's done all season, right? Like, he should be in consideration. Cons- consideration. I don't think he'll make an all-defensive team. But he had a play against the Portland Trailblazers that is just so freaking mind-blowing to me that I want to take a moment to talk about how impressive this was. If you've listened to the show, if you've been a regular listener of the show, you know what I talk about when it comes to three-point shots, right? They're all open. Players don't take contested three-point shots because they're easier to block. If it's if you're like right on the dude, you don't just pull up when he's a foot away from you and shoot it. You can block that shot. 
because the guards tend to be a little bit smaller, have smaller wingspans who are shooting a lot of those. So it's really tough to block three-point shots. It's why I don't think when you like add Zion onto a team, it's like, oh, think about all the open looks they're going to get. They're not a good shooter. They're, they're missing open looks now. Uh, Herb had an unbelievable play where he was guarding his own man, was working off ball. The defense kind of ended up in a rotation situation. The ball got kicked out to the top of the three-point line against the Portland Trailblazers. They had the ball. Herb rotates over, recovers from his own defensive assignment, and then goes out and blocks that three-point shot. It's hard to do that. That shot was wide open when he started. I don't remember who it was. When when the player started the shooting motion. And Herb is such a freak and is so good at this sort of stuff that he was able to recover and block the three-point shot. Three-point shots don't get blocked very often. I, I promise you. I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't even know if I can find those. It doesn't happen very often. You can go to NBA.com slash stats and look up the open three-point shooting percentage. It's like 85 plus for every team. Three-point shots are like never contested well. This one was. And not only did Herb Jones block the shot, he got the block, corralled it, the loose ball, went down the court and scored with his right hand, his lefty, and did everything on this play. And it's so unbelievably impressive. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful kind of exclamation point on the season that he's had defensively. And he's going to be important for New Orleans in the play-in tournament and if they win against the Phoenix Suns, right? We don't know yet if DeJounte Murray is going to play. I believe he's going to play. But you're going to need to put Herb Jones on him. He's an all-star to slow them down because he's what makes the San Antonio Spurs go. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Clippers, and you hope it's the Timberwolves instead of the Clippers because they're looking like a different team with Paul George, you're going to need him to shut guys down out there on the perimeter. D'Angelo Russell, can he handle Paul George a little bit? I think so. He's going to be a big difference maker if New Orleans does get the eighth seed and into the regular NBA playoffs. And another guy who's going to be a difference maker, I think an important player for New Orleans, as he's really stepped up these past couple of games, is Trey Murphy III. This is a guy, and I said it in a show last week, I do think Willie Green wants him to close games, or at least have the option of going to Trey Murphy III to close games. This is a guy who has the tools to do it all. There's switchability on defense, right? He can be a good rebounder. He's got good size for it. His three-point shot can be good. And he gives you enough defense, right? And can keep the ball moving. There's times when he's working really well off ball. And he is starting to put it together. I, I hate the phrases of like guys turning a corner, guys putting it all together, the lights coming on, all those kind of cliches, right? Because we do it whenever a guy has like three average games and you're like, oh my God, look at him. We did this for three years with Nikhil. He would have three games of only like three turnovers each and shooting the ball average. You're like, oh, he's finally figuring it out. And he never figured it out. He never put it all together. And in year three, when you're still saying that stuff, you get a little bit worried. The season probably hasn't gone the way Trey Murphy has wanted it to go. There have been ups, there's been downs, there's been times when he's glued to the bench. But he's been getting chances now recently, and you're seeing him put together really quality games. And so I'm going to kind of go against my own rule of, or I'm going to go and do the stuff that I kind of hate. And I do think he is a guy that is actively turning the corner and really starting to kind of come into his own as a player. 
He was drafted 17th, right? Let's not put top 10 player expectations on him. He showed out in summer league and raised those expectations a little bit. But we shouldn't be looking at him as a guy who's maybe a surefire starter. But he gives he has all the tools to potentially be in a closing lineup. And you've seen Willie Green like things like that. That type of switchy switchability. Najee Marshall's been in there at times, right? That's been a big thing for him. They like to have lanky kind of well-rounded wings out there. And that is what Trey Murphy is. Against the Portland Trailblazers, I thought he played very well. Off the bench, 12 points on the night, two rebounds, just one turnover, three of six shooting from three. Good. Against Golden State, even on a bum ankle after he rolled it, right? And this one, starting 15 points, just two of six from three, that's okay. Six of 13 overall. But six rebounds and assists, two steals, and just one turnover. The turnovers, or lack of them, really good thing. If you're a young guy and you want to play, not turning the ball over is your ticket to staying in the starting lineup. His three-point shot, he's making these shots more now. And as you've seen those start to fall, he's a guy that's been giving you good defense, can give you rebounds, can give you an assist here and there. He's kind of what you want, right? What I've been saying about him all season is he shows you that he can be well-rounded, right? He'll have a good rebounding game here. He'll have a good shooting game there. He'll have a good off-ball movement game over here. Have a good kind of assist game over there. Good defensive game, right? He's been showing you all of like the tools that he has, and you're starting to see like two of them come together in a game now. And then hopefully it's three, four, or five, whatever it might be, right? He's starting to put some of the skills he has together all at once. He's a guy that's going to be key for New Orleans, I think, in the postseason, in the play-in tournament, and potentially beyond. If he can give you some quality minutes off the bench, that's big, because you've seen it, right? He got exposed against the Memphis Grizzlies. The bench in that game was bad. And we they're not nearly as deep as you think. They're very, very top-heavy, this Pelicans team. Billy Hernan Gomez, I don't know, is a guy you can really rely on in the postseason because the defense is bad. Najee Marshall, maybe... But I'd rather go with Trey Murphy, right? Certainly and not a guy like Tony Snell, Gary Clark, Garrett Temple. So you need to have a little bit of depth there. And that's what Trey Murphy's role is going to be. Him, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance. I think those are kind of your guys. A big, a wing, and a guard that you're really going to need to rely on or hopefully be able to rely on. And I'm hopeful that his ankle is no big deal. He played in the second half of this game, so I don't. hopefully it's not. And hopefully we see more of him because I think he's going to be key if New Orleans is able to go kind of far in the playing tournament. It's time for him, if there's ever a time this season for him to put it all together, and it's, and it's also okay if he doesn't, right now would be a really good time because they're really going to need him. And he's really shown flashes of it, and I hope we really see some breakout performances from him in the play-in tournament and maybe the first round against the Phoenix Suns. So we're going to have a whole lot more to come this week here on Locked On Pelicans. Trying to schedule a crossover. We'll see if the times align with the Locked On Spurs show to really kind of preview that. We'll talk more about the individual matchups, like everything around that game. We'll get into some big X's and O's, kind of look at big picture with these two teams as well. So it's going to be a real fun week. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Be sure to catch us on YouTube. And now make your second listen Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I'm there every Wednesday. I'm really excited about that this week. Get to cover some play-in tournament games, and I love these. They're really, really fun. So be sure to check it out and be sure to stay here right now on Locked On Pelicans. We're going to have a whole lot more coming this week. Looking forward to 
to it with you all. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at NOLA Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.